Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, ah, get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Blood and Mud Rugby podcast. I am not... Lee Calvert, you probably noticed that. Uh, Lee has had what can only be described as a catastrophe involving hiring a steamroller and the non-delivery of some gravel. And so he's left me, uh, Josh, to drive this this super yacht of conversations, diversions and swearing. Um, I mean, if you were to pick a, a reason why Lee wasn't able to pod on a given day, something involving a steamroller would probably be pretty high up the list of reasons, right? Like, Absolutely. yeah, uh, he will explain it all in detail, uh, I'm sure, next week. But for now, never fear. Uh, I'm not blazing my way across the uh, turquoise seas of chat uh, on my own. Oh, no. Uh, joining me today from uh, that there, London, is CrossFitter, part-time model, slap bassist extraordinaire, Scarlet's fan and friend of the pods, uh, Phil Lewis. All right, Phil? How's it going, Josh? You right there? Yeah, not bad. Uh, thank you for that joining. Been a hell of an introduction. I, was, I mean, there. you I know, was... you know, I, I I like to build people up. You know, I'm thank gonna... you, thank you. Um, yeah, I'll take you... the LinkedIn now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get it straight in the bottom, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, if you listen to the uh, rock and roll podcast, you probably heard Phil drop in there occasionally. But for those who haven't, Phil, uh, what can we expect from you this evening in terms of uh, performance? What are you going to add to the podcast? Probably a fair amount of snark, I'll be honest. That's uh, usually where I like to try and chip in and have my... Uh, that's the little niche Good. that I sit in there. We don't have much snark in this podcast usually. No, so I know. We I, definitely be... use a little bit more, you know? Yeah. So we could mix it up a little bit. Seeing as you tend to take on the uh, a jollier role as host, then uh, I thought I'd just try and uh, bring things down a notch or two. I mean, that's, that seems... I mean, God, it's like you've prepared and planned and everything. Lovely stuff. <laughs> um, right now, uh, you know, how can people get in touch with you uh, on that there internet then, Phil? Oh, I, God, I think I've, this is the first time I've ever actually had to give my Twitter handle out. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you, it's, you uh, don't have to. You're opening yourself up there, but you know. <laughs> you know what? We'll do it anyway. Who knows? I might get another three or four followers out of it and take a total of 22. Yes. Um, I think it's uh, Phil, uh, Phil Lewis 
L zero zero and L zero zero L on Twitter. So yeah, I mean, um, on the plus side, that is nice and easy for people to, to exactly right. Yeah, rolls so. right off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am of course uh, at Josh Gardner on Twitter. Lee is at Blood and Mud, of course, and you can also become a patron of the pod at uh, patreon.com slash Blood and Mud, where you not only get access to our full archive of historic and bonus podcasts, but you also get the full-length version of this here pod for your listening pleasure as opposed to the slimmed-down version that we put out uh, for the general public. Now, we have that basic £2 a month tier, of course. You know, we love you. They're lovely people. They're great people. They're good people. Some people, the special legends, they decide to up their contribution to five months and come into the Allied Brew Lounge. And those people not only get access to all of the, the good patron podcast stuff, and access to the Facebook group and access to the Patreon messaging services and all that stuff. They also get their names read out on the pod, uh, and I try to tell them what kind of rugby player I think they are. Now, Phil, I'm not going to throw you in at the deep end there. Don't worry. Please, thank you very much. Uh, I'm very first glad. Up this, <laughs> and it, first up this week, we have uh, Mary Olotokombo Williams. Now, Mary is a barrel-chested tight-head prop who played for Wasps in the late 80s and early 90s, back when sort of the women's premiership was still administered by the Women's Rugby Football Union. Remember that? That was weird. Um, <laughs> that was weird. Almost everyone, uh, and let's face it, was a total prick about women's rugby at that point as well. So she's developed a thick skin pretty early doors. Um, and she used to take great pleasure in regularly beating a young Lawrence Dalio at point-downing when they'd mix with the men's team as socials. <laughs> Um, a wasp diard, though, she regards the men's team's move to Coventry as a crime against nature, and such refuses to acknowledge the existence of the men's team, declaring that there is only one true, real wasps. It's a bit much, if I'm honest, but you know. <laughs> um, and then finally this week, uh, thank you, Mary, by the way, welcome to the uh, welcome to the fold. Finally this week, we have Joe, I'm not sure it's Bratcher or Bracher or Brasher, I'm sure you'll let us know. Uh, well, everyone's right. Uh, he's a gifted prop for Dunwoody Woodpeckers RFC, uh, who is cursed with just a remarkable intolerance to heat. Uh, as such, <laughs> he refuses to play rugby whenever the temperature is above 12 degrees centigrade. And it makes it, you know, he's a real asset to his club in the early months of the season. But his absence from the pitch after about mid-March, let's be honest, is a real hindrance at the sharp end. He did he did want to play a final for the club thanks to a late May cold snap because the temperature was down to about 11 degrees at kickoff. But he had to be forcibly dragged back onto the field after half-time when the sun came out and the temperature rose to a balmy 13.5 degrees. So there you go, Joe and Mary. Uh, I'll level with you. That last one was somewhat informed by the elephant in the room, which is, holy shit, it's hot today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it it's like. Hot, I don't it? know what it's like in the natural human microwave that is London, Phil. But it is warm here today. It is very warm here. Lu- luckily, it's probably it's probably the first time I've ever been grateful that we don't get the sun in the garden uh, on the house all day. It's a sort of like it's a it's a west facing house on a terrace, so I don't get the sun beating down into the house all day every day. So it's a uh, it's it's been relatively cool inside today, thankfully. See that is um, right. Just going back on the. Um, on the Facebook group there, mm. um, can thoroughly recommend joining that one because I've already got about 30 different vest suggestions just from that one thread alone. I mean... Um, so it's worth that price of admission alone. You know what, Phil? Like, this is something that Lee would just stare at me blankly about. But, you know, this is... <laughs> we are in prime... You know, we're, I, I almost podded in a vest tonight. It's so hard. And if it I was... was, if, and, was, if it was and if it was... Let's think. If it was with Lee, he'd have given me a funny look. But you know, we're <laughs> we're vest kindred, Phil. So you know, we we express you know the freedom are, that are. comes with not having sleeves. You know, it's exactly no sleeves, no problem. Exactly. I tell you what, though, 
something else that Lee would stare at me blankly about, but I feel like you're a much more receptive audience to it. Uh, this morning, I finally took delivery of the final piece of my like home gym that I've been building in the garage. Oh, like, it's nothing, yes. it's nothing fancy. Like there's a bike, there's a bench, there's some free weights, kettlebells, resistance bands, all that stuff. I put a spongy floor down. I went, I got very carried away. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but it's great. But like this morning, I took delivery of my fucking proper gym level cross trainer which i've been umming and ahhing oh, about nice. for a few months but i did think I, can't, I thought i can't fit it in there then friend of the pod dom uh equipped for gyms posted a picture on instagram of a second hand small pr- footprint commercial cross trainer on instagram and i was like nice. fucking right happy birthday to all me all over it 10 30 <laughs> oh, nice. this morning the lovely lads from equipped for gyms turn up with this thing on a pallet on the back of a lorry they roll it up my drive fair play to them talk about service they open it up they cut all the plastic off it. They take it off the pallet. They put it down on the floor. And they're like, oh, do you want us to, to put it where it's going to go in the garage for you? And that's where I make my fatal error, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm Welsh. And they've come all the way from Swansea, which made me feel quite bad anyway, and also quite homesick. Yeah. And they were, right. I, I was just thinking, I don't want to put these boys out even further than they already have by making them wheel this fucking cross trainer around the garage. I'm like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And in my head, I'm thinking, I can hear Dom from Equip for Gyms in his email saying, by the way, it's really heavy. <laughs> and I, yeah, they are. And I'm just like, oh, how heavy can it be? It's got wheels at one end. How bad can it be? I'll tell you what, Phil, I looked it up. The uh, the Matrix A3X cross trainer has an assembled weight of 201 kilograms or <laughs> 442 pounds in old money. Oh, that, my Christ. That is two Damien Dialendes or one and a half Will Skelton's. If you were uh, of, of, of pure dead weight with no handles or obvious, I should have known when Points of purchase. one of the, yeah one of the lads that there was two lads on the van and the older bloke like the slightly older bloke who has clearly been at this a while sort of left the young lad who looks like he plays a lot of rugby in the front <laughs> row went I will we'll we'll leave we'll leave it to to him to get the leave it to the hard end and even and he was a big lad he and. I should have gone then. Wow, he quite struggled to lift that up. Even the two of them struggled to get it off the pallet. But no, like a moron, I was just like, "Ah, it'll be fine." And I've got to move it six feet ish away from where it needed to be at a wrong angle by ninety degrees. And it was twenty-seven degrees today. Yeah, and about ninety percent humidity. The garage is only about ten foot white, wide rather, and Ooh. it's lit entirely by like the hottest fluorescent tubes you've ever seen. <laughs> There's no ventilation in there, and I mean, genuinely, 15 minutes of moving that fuck. I genuinely felt I looked and felt like a man who'd run a marathon in July. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Dom at Equip for Gyms for sorting me out once again. Uh, but if if you were thinking of ordering something from them, and you should because it's very good and very reasonable, uh, if his sound lads on the van offer to help you move a very heavy thing, just just learn from my mistake. And just go, yeah, lads, crack on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was my fun day of getting very sweaty for no appreciable very reason. Good. And I haven't used the cross trainer just... yet because I was too <laughs> You naked. don't need to. Yeah. Well, you've had a, already had a workout. <laughs> you've had a workout moving it. But you mentioned there in part of your story there, something that I was curious to ask about, which was your driveway, which is now, I presume, completely free of weeds, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of – I mean – Hands, hats off to the Facebook group for really coming through there with the <laughs> the recommendation of the all-natural uh, Epsom salts, fairy liquid, white vinegar weed killer. Because A, it seems to have worked. 
and B, I did also kind of, I double duty did. I pulled the weeds out and then I sort of salted the earth with the weed killer. And it seems to, I mean, oh, nice. it's, it's been a few days now. Usually those bastards, a little bit of rain and they're right back up. So I'm going to say. Well, yeah, especially yeah. with the warm weather as well. Exactly. They, they usually, literally, as soon as I pull them out, they're back up. So see, it's not just about rugby, this Facebook group, you know. It's it about it's got everything. power tool recommendations. It's about vest recommendations. It's you know, it's it's all good stuff. Honestly, we we contain absolute <laughs> fucking multitudes. <laughs> so uh, we begin uh, the podcast as, <laughs> as we always do uh, with a player spotted, uh, and this week's entry comes courtesy of Rob Hughes, who uh, gets in touch with us via the Patreon messaging service. If you're also a patron, you can also send us a, a little. DM on the patron thing and Rob says I was on holiday with the family in Tembe a few weeks ago, lovely uh, and made the obligatory day trip to Folly Farm, of course you did uh, yeah, yeah, of course you did walked into the barn and the first person I saw was two time Lions captain Sam Warburton enjoying a takeaway coffee while his kids pointed at some goats, we both had Brilliant. masks on so I nodded, he nodded back and that was that I mean, that's just pure West That's Wales great. family holiday, isn't it? It ticks all it the is, boxes. Yeah. Folly Farm, is, yeah. goats, kids, Tembi. It rem- absolutely classic It reminds stuff. you of like when I was starting to, when I was first growing up around that neck of the woods, because that's, that's, my, that's my area, mm. and just being like drinking in the Buccaneer in Tembi and just <laughs> having, Tom Shank- having Tom Shanklin walk in and just start chatting at the bar with the staff and having like all the, all the 40 slash 50 year old mums just fawning all over him. It was brilliant. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, Very surreal. Have you ever had a crushingly boring encounter with a famous rugby player, Phil, or coach, or referee? I think probably. I, I think my most interesting one and my most boring one came hand in hand, which was um, I was lucky enough to go out to the um, to the uh, Rugby World Cup last year in uh, in Japan last year. Nice. Christ, two years ago. Right, write that last year off. It was. Yeah, it, it, it felt like doesn't last count. year because because twenty twenty wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but I was, um, it was my birthday while I was out there, so I was luckily treated to uh, going to the Kill Bill restaurant where they filmed that famous oh, fight scene. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so I spent my birthday there. Uh, completely unplanned, the, uh, the WIU delegation were also having a meal in there as well. Um, so my mundane one was that I was in the, uh, in the, um, the gents relieving myself in between, uh, in between the courses of some delicious food. Mm. And... Um, uh, in walks next to me, uh, lumbles up next to me, is um, uh, current Wales head coach Wayne Pivak. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I sort of uh, didn't really know what to do, where to look. <laughs> Kept looking sort of straight ahead, just sort of clocked about my peripherals and sort of uh, um, finished up, <laughs> washed my hands. And by that point, he turned around and I gave him a knowing nod and walked off. Uh, stuff. Thoroughly sort of embarrassed. The, the most exciting one after that was um, as we came back from, uh, as we were sitting at the table, we had uh, we clocked Ryan. Ryan Jones was um, was also with them, as he was still in his current role I was at the say, time. Before he quit the WRU, yeah. Before he quit the WRU, yeah. Um, and uh, I was the the party we were with were all from Wales. Um, and my my friend Ryan has got a very very thick Abertillery accent. And um, we we clocked Ryan and asked if we could have a have a photo um, and just have a chat to him. And he obviously uh, we all started chatting away. And I, I know I don't sound particularly Welsh, but uh, Rian is uh, is very, very Welsh sounding. And we all started chatting away to him. And he was just making polite conversation, very, very friendly, lovely guy that he is. And he said, um, so whereabouts are you guys from? And Rian just absolutely giddy with excitement, didn't even stop to think and just went, Wales! 
he's like, yes, yeah. So, yeah. And he was so polite about it. He was so nice about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I got that. I was more just wondering, like, where specifically. Um, but yeah. So well, I suppose uh, you just my get two... used to saying that in Japan. You know, if somebody I guess asks, so, yeah. You, if somebody you asks do, you yeah. where you're from, you say Wales. You don't expect yeah, to true. have to That's sort fair. of get more specific than that. No, no. But yeah, my most mundane and my most exciting encounters both rolled up Indeed. into one neat evening, which was I, cool. I have one question, and that is, sure. uh, did Wayne Pivak follow urinal separation discipline? He did not. Oh. But only because there were only two in... Okay. So yeah. he had no option. That's fair enough in that situation, I so I, think, I think we can allow that one, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's a, he's a big bloke, like man. <laughs> it did not leave any room. It was, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was practically shoulder. I'm glad. Shoulder you, so I just want to just want to let the listeners know that uh, Phil did the universal sign language for big, as in broad, and not big, yeah. as in Wayne Pivot's got an, an enormous penis. I don't know. He might have. No, I, but you know, he might have. I didn't look down. There are some rules that you just don't break. Exactly. He's got. I mean, well, you say that a mate of mine was a. <laughs> A mate of mine uh, took a wee that was in a, a toilet in Los Angeles next to Dion Dublin a few years ago, and uh, right. I mean, you, we've all heard the stories. He couldn't. Yeah. You got to check. You got to know. You got to know. And you gotta the, know. the stories are true. I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was sort of player spotted. Uh, should we do some news now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fifty minutes in, <laughs> fucking hell! You are keeping me tight, Jeez. film. I love it. Um, you are excellent. Uh, first up on the news front, uh, Andy Farrell might coach uh, coach the Lions after all uh, in what can be seen as a ringing endorsement of Steve Tandy. Um, it seems like Ireland's tour of Fiji getting canned has opened that Farrell might sort of link up. According to the Irish Times, it's a done deal. Farrell's going to oh. join up with the Lions for the Test series um, in some right. sort of assistant. Okay. I mean. Gatlin's been very cagey about the, what the role would entail, but you'd imagine it would fill the sort of extremely intense and shouty northern avoid that clearly exists in the current setup that we all know. Indeed, Gatlin yeah. likes to have at least one. But yeah, you know, Farrell coming in there quite late. It's an interesting move on Gatlin's part because, kind of, yeah, what's he going to bring if he just turns up in the week of the tests after the you know the yeah. squad's been together for a month? I think that's very exactly that you were saying about. Um, I think when we were talking about the actual Lions announcement themselves, was that we know how Gatlin loves his partnerships and know him, mm. how he thinks about how a team works together mentally as well as actually physically performing on the pitch. And if he's picked his players because he wants to think about how they sort of come together as a as a unit mm. uh, and protecting them mentally over that tour period. To bring bring in bring in a coach in late doors is surely going to upset that apple cart a little bit, right? I mean, it can't be just that he'll just walk surely. straight in and be like, "Oh, I know exactly what's going on." Yeah, unless because uh, I mean, when you look at the sort of the twenty seventeen and twenty thirteen documentaries, when when Farrell was obviously involved with Gatland, like it seemed like Farrell's job, sort of pre tests, was very kind of because Gatland is absolutely not a you know, give you a sort of inspiring speech kind of coach. That is not his way. He barely talks to the team by all accounts. Um, <laughs> but like certainly on match days and, and sort of at halftime and stuff, he does. He rarely says anything to the squads uh, ever. But Farrell seemed to be the sort of guy that would give the sort of, you know, pumping up 
talking about you know leaving the jersey in a good condition when you finish you know, that kind of sort of rousing pre-match speech seems to be something that Farrell's yeah. quite good at. So I wonder if he's just thinking mm-hmm. if he turns up in Test week and sort of is a new voice in the room giving people a you know a fucking rocket up the arse and sort of trying to jam yeah. up a bit. It, you know that could work, but I, I would imagine it's too way too late for him to be involved in any sort of technical stuff. Certainly for the first test. Yeah, no, for sure, no. I don't. I don't think he's going to be able to come in there and start saying, start chucking tactics and stuff around like that. No. But, um I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I think it, that probably is going to be his capacity um, if it happens. But yeah, interesting yeah. that they seem so confident it's a done deal. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, because you know Ireland do have matches to play this summer, but I mean they're against you know Canada and stuff. Yeah, I mean Ireland could beat them without a coach. So. Probably yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's quite interesting though that that it's sort of he wants to be around but not around with the whole thing. I don't know. Odd. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah. So in other news, then Scotland have named a thirty-six man and one Jevon Sebastian squad for their summer tour. I, I know I'm being mean, but see, Jevon Sebastian, full international, <laughs> like what a concept. Yeah, uh, anyway. Like- the squad will be led by Jamie Ritchie, uh, and once again, it's genuine a real testament to the dedication and hard work that uh, the Scottish Qualified Programme does to identify all the sort of Scottish qualified talent that are outside of the country and bring them into the fold. Because it's something, it's yeah. loads of uncapped players, something like seventeen, something like that, isn't it? Like, yeah, seventeen uncapped. Yeah. And Alan's like, been playing great for the Scarlets as well. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's done a real shift for us. He has. To be fair to him, you know, it's like, you know, Alan's. A weird one, but the squad is peppered with sort of slightly weird ones, like Nick Autorak from yeah. Saints. Like I didn't know he was Scottish. <laughs> no, no, I mean, Josh Bayliss at Bath was a bit more sort of new, but like Robin Hislop at Doncaster as well. Um, Cole Forbes when he stops killing small animals, um, <laughs> and of course um, Sione Tupelotu, who uh, looks like such an exciting player coming over from yeah. Japan. Obviously, he was an Australian under nineteen international. But his nans from Glasgow, I love it. You know, like so much of Scotland's improvement in depth and general quality in the last few years has been sort of down to how well they've identified these sort of Scottish qualified foreign-born players. And I don't think yeah. Scotland get nearly enough credit for it. Like a lot no. of, you know, for all the sort of criticism that Ireland have got for oh, God, their sort yeah. of policy of, of kind of project players or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And, you know, there's been criticism of that in Wales as well. Like Scotland has done a fair bit of that, but the the thing that they've done more than anybody else is is to find these players that are, you know, they're not project players, they're not time servers, they're not sort of waiting to qualify on reds and see they're they're ready to go right away. You just Hit need the to get running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't matter where they're playing. You know, especially if Scotland doesn't have a sort of play in the country rule because they've only got two teams. You know, they yeah. can pick literally from anywhere in the world, and I think it's a really good good system that they've got there and it's going to be shown over the summer kind of how deep that that pool of theirs that they're developing is for sure exactly and i think uh, feeding into that i think they're they're strong showing with the six nations and leading into them being having so many selected for the lions is only going to help strengthen that anyway because it means it leaves more space in that summer touring group to bring those players forward so i think it's a sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy they've got going on now where they've done the hard work to get the players 
playing well to the point where they're being noticed and mm. picked for Lions tours to leave the spaces for the other guys to come through. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 an everybody wins situation. You know, Scotland gets the Lions that they've sort of been craving and you know have possibly potentially deserved in the past, Massively, and it yeah. gives this whole. You know, as you say, the next generation, the chance to put a marker down. You know, it's a sort of interesting summer tour with you know playing Georgia and England A and all this sort of stuff. It's not your most conventional thing, but no. yeah, you know, it, it it will be a really interesting thing just for for Mike Blair to sort of have a look at you know where everyone is. You know, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, other other news: uh, the Die Young effect is alive and well in Cardiff. <laughs> uh, Thomas Williams is the latest. Out of contact player decided to uh, re up with the Blues, and and as with everybody else, he basically said, "Well, now that dies here, I'm not just going to go and leave." Am I? Which I think <laughs> you know is something we can all agree with. <laughs> and he was, 100%. you know, he's a, a very good coach, and you know, he there's a, a real potential there for Die to be a sort of lightning rod of attracting new talent to the Blues as well, because players clearly enjoy playing for him and want to play yeah. for him, and he plays, you know, even since he came on board you know which is barely two months really in terms yeah. of actual games that they've played he's done a really good job of kind of start you can see he's starting to identify who works and who doesn't at the blues For sure, and yeah. you know players like ben thomas seem to have gotten dramatically better yeah under die and yeah you know it's it's a i, I i'm loath to say that the blues are building something but <laughs> You know, he, he with the coach. You know, once you get your coach right, and I think they have got their coach right now. Like all the other good things can come from that. Indeed, yeah. You need to look at the results from the weekend, which will show you. Yeah, exactly. Later. Yeah, but, I mean, that's. I, I I remember literally within this calendar year that they would have been not have expected that sort of result. Hell, come on, yeah. talk about the actual results, but as close as game well, as it was, it was yeah, performance. the performance. You know, was as a, a level that you know we're really we're not used to seeing from the Blues away from home at the moment, you know. That's sort of the Blues always seem to play out sort of quite good, quite tight games, but yeah, this felt like a different gravy of Cardiff team to the one that we've mm, seen sure. in the past. Yeah. Um, any other news? Any other news from your side, Phil? Uh, I saw we've got um, uh uh, Eddie looking for some new talent. I saw. Did you see that? <laughs> Eddie Jones looking for some new talent. Good. I saw. I that find... He'd also said that he uh, the reason that he goes off to coach in Japan for half of the year is because you know, like any like with any other skill, you know, he's got to practice being a coach, and he yeah. only gets twelve weeks a year with England. So what's he going to do with the rest of his time? Which oh, okay. I kind of don't disagree with. <laughs> But no, say, it's just a very weird thing to do. But like the fact that so many other international coaches are perfectly capable of just filling their time. <laughs> this is kind of the thing. It's like you know, most international coaches only have one job. Yeah, you know, and he's got like three or four. He's. Uh, he, I feel like he's got some dirty photos of someone with the RFU because <laughs> let's, like, I've heard you talk before the the amount of like resources that are available to England as a union. And the time that he's had bed in a system mm. and build a squad and he's talking about pissing off half the year to just go and just <laughs> hang out in Japan and coach. You kind of feel like if I was doing that for my job and I said, I'm sort of I'm sort of delivering, sort of not delivering, but I'm not really getting to do 
what I want to do for half the time. So I'm going to go and do it elsewhere, if that's all right with you. I mean, like my employer would definitely come back and go, maybe, <laughs> maybe you win something big first and then worry about, you know, coaching in quote in quotations. But that's just me. I'm yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because he's also, it's not just that he's, you know, he goes off and is a director, a rugby and an advisor in Japan, but um, apparently some, like there are various NRL teams that are sort of tapping him up to be a sort of coaching assistant really? type thing. I know Canterbury want him to be their full-time head coach, which I don't think oh, is really? going to happen because, mm. Jesus, they're not going to pay to get him out of his England contract. Um, no. But yeah, he definitely seems to be a man that, needs to keep himself entertained you know yeah and needs to sort of keep himself yeah you know he's just he's clearly not somebody that deals with sort of watching a lot of rugby at home or in the stands and not actually doing a lot of hands-on you know he's the respect you know he's a a hands-on coach and i think he just enjoys coaching but if i was the rfu and we were paying him as much as we were paying him to be england coach I would probably suggest that we could find something for him to do in England <laughs> that, was, yeah, that could maybe take sure. up the like, other sort like, of 40 honestly, weeks of the year. Um, what I find odd about this, the the, um, the article, the, the interview with him, was that he was he's, he's looking for like unexpected, like weird, bright new talent to come in and refresh his squad ready for the build-up to the, the 2023 World Cup. And I'm thinking... Hang on, I know, I know. Razzy sort of broke the mold a little bit with what you can do in a World Cup cycle, but everyone else out there that's having sort of moderate to significant success on the management front is sorting their squads out a lot more than like eighteen months ahead of schedule or two years ahead of schedule. Yeah, that um, is the thing. Isn't the other it? thing that I, about th- this is that I just don't, I just don't buy it either because he's talked about refreshing squads all the time, and like he's had the same fly off and inside centre combo or flip and switch between him and Far- Ford and Farrell. For is basically his entire tenure. Like it's, he, he's not a coach that, that has shown that he can refresh squads in the way that other international coaches do. So I don't really get where he's coming from. No, I mean really, his his refreshing of the squad last time, sort of the last time he did refresh the squad was probably, you know, twenty eighteen when the likes of Haskell and Mike Brown and those kind of made way for. You know your Underhills and your yeah. Elliot Dailies and those sorts of players, but there's definitely a feeling that there's still quite a lot of players kicking about from that first campaign in 2016, and not that they're old players or they're bad players or anything like that, but it's like you do. I mean, it's not his job to sort of prepare the next generation in a lot of ways, and if they're working for him, they're working for him. But sure. at the same time, yeah, you do think that like. When you look at who they've got to play this summer, like surely just give some fucking left field choices a go and see how they go. You know, I just don't believe him. To be honest, that's what it is. I just, I just, <laughs> just don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't believe that he's going to do what he says I mean, he wants to do. Yeah. That's all. I mean, he has got a lot of form for not telling exactly. the truth. Exactly. So exactly. fair enough. Um, speaking of uh, coaches that have form for not telling the truth. Uh, France are going to play uh, Georgia, Argentina, and New Zealand in the autumn. That's very tasty. Which sounds, 
we, I, it's, it is tasty, mm. isn't it? Like they obviously, you know, the one the game against Georgia is going to be it silly, is, yeah. <laughs> um, especially because how many of those Georgians play in the top fourteen already? So they're going to know how to wind up. Their, it's going to yeah. be fun. It's going to be more fun than the England game was sure. last year. Um, Argentina will probably be closer than we expect. Yeah. Now that all of their players are not chronically exhausted all the time from playing in Super Rugby. And <laughs> and then you've got the fucking All Blacks. Yeah. You know? And when is the always a All Blacks matchup. game bad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's always good. Yeah, and especially, you know, obviously Wales are Six Nations champions, but like, you know, France are arguably the best team in Europe, whether you sort of, you know, in terms of where they are, in terms of their development, it's it's a tasty, tasty matchup. Really I, I think, yeah, it's, I'm really yeah. looking forward to that game. It's going to be banging. Um, anything else on you from the news front? Um, oh, we've got the we've got um, sevens back in Wales, but for the win. Yes, yeah, it's weird that because obviously they they shit they shit canned the sevens uh, World Series teams, both men's and women's, um, but they are bringing the um, the women's team back. Because uh, they've got a European tournament to qualify for the Commonwealth Games, yeah, I think. Um, but still, it's just good. You know, sevens is such an important form of the game for women's rugby, and you know, it, it's it's good that Wales are prioritising getting women's sevens back. Absolutely, you know, yeah. because it's 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 such a huge part of the code in the, in the women's game, and yeah, it's just really good to see and really encouraging to see. And absolutely, know, hopefully. Hope you know as much as on the men's side and to a lesser extent the women's side, Wales have not been good at the sevens for quite some mm. time. It would be nice for them to kick that program off again and maybe have a slightly different focus and a slightly different approach and maybe try to do something slightly more interesting and and successful and positive sure, with it. Sure. Uh, fun fact and a little humble brag: um, Shona Powell Hughes, mm-hmm. who's been named in the squad, um, I used to train with her in my very first CrossFit gym. When I was 10 stone dripping wet and learning how to do my first pull-up, she was there kicking my ass up and down the gym floor. <laughs> I was going to say, did she oh, make mate, you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. like, wipe the floor with me every time. <laughs> it was absolutely humbling. I already, already knew walking, walking into that environment that I wasn't going to be as good as any of the guys, for starters, but then the girls as well. I was like, wow, okay, so this is a whole different <laughs> level of training. Yeah, she's um, she's uh, she's an absolute beast, fair play. Oh, well, good luck to her and the rest of the Indeed. team. Uh, right, I think that is the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, with that, we will say goodbye to our uh, non-patron uh, listeners and uh, we shall delve into what we've learned uh, from the week. So uh, see you later, guys and gals. And- oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... <laughs> Get in the kitchen and calm down. Or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI together.
we'll get you back on track. And so, uh, with that, we will uh, welcome back our our friends, our, our non-paying subscribers who have uh, come in to rejoin us from their exile away from the uh, the good stuff i like to call Welcome it back. i mean you you can subscribe if you and be the judge of whether it's the good well, stuff i think it's excellent stuff but, um, well thank you very much <laughs> phil i mean i'm not at all biased <laughs> <laughs> um shall we do some shit good? let's do some shit good uh shall we start with uh good yes let's start with good, good. why not i've got um, good i've got ants come back in training Fucking right, that is good. Not just Anscombe running on his own, you know, trying to do some shuttles or whatever, like what we've seen in the past. Anscombe wearing boots, holding a rugby ball, taking passes off Adam and Jones. Lovely stuff. In training. Look into my veins. Yeah, can't wait. I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, obviously early days yet. (laughs) Like, let's get him back into contact training, let's get him back onto a field and playing rugby regularly sure. but it is will be interesting to see how if he does manage to come back full fit you know get back to sort of somewhere near where he yeah. was sort of what Wayne Pivak's view of him as a player is yeah. you know I say, I say he's, he seems... he's pushing 30 now he's 30 now isn't he um, and it's just one of those things where he was obviously such a a great player for Wales Um when he when he was last playing for Wales, I thought he was a real asset to that squad, and um, it was obviously a, a crushing injury for him. But you think that side of thirty is he is he that is he that sort of stable old head of experience, or has he already got that in bigger? Does he completely cut losses entirely and go right back to the new the, the youngsters and, and start from fresh? Like, does he have a place for him, really, is, is what I'm curious Yeah, to. it's a question, you know. You, in many ways, you look at him and you think that he, you know, because the best thing about Anscombe was that he offered a lot of the the sensibleness mm. that Dan Bigger offers with the ability to play a more expansive and more creative game and take the ball to the line. Sure. And, you know, he was a, he's a genuine running threat, or he certainly, at least he yeah. was, you know. And in many ways, you look at him and you think, you know, He's a great ten for what Pivak wants to do. Yeah, if he can get back that far. But you know, he's lost two full years of rugby. You know, it's asking a lot for him to be ready by the World Cup in two years' time. Yeah. I think playing to international. I think it is as well. At which point, and you do wonder if he's just going to say to him, "Look, you know, prove me wrong." But for the time being. Not part know, of the plan, unfortunately. You're not you're not going to be part of the plan until you prove that you can be, I yeah. guess. Which is probably fair enough, but still, you know, whatever happens, really good, really good to see him back Massively in training so, yeah. and back. Massively. Indeed, um, good for me uh, was uh, Utah Warriors mascot yes. Koa the Panther driving his motorbike directly in front of the Austin goal kicker as he went to take a conversion on the weekend. If you haven't seen the video, I mean, it's Olympic level shit housing. <laughs> It's brilliant, you know. He's lining up a kick, and he literally drives right in front of him on his motorbike, and then he drives back round and does a a straight dead look down the camera, as if to say, "Yeah, I know what I did. <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing." It's absolutely brilliant. I love that. And the best part is, 
The Warriors were 38-15 up at that point. Like, <laughs> There's no need for it. It's <laughs> so unnecessary. No Absolutely unnecessary. I think they won that game like 48-21 in the end. But it's like those two points were absolutely not going to make any difference. <laughs> you just did it because for the you sake could. of being a total prick. Oh, but yeah, it was glorious. Definitely check that video out if you haven't seen it. It is genuinely one of my favourite rugby videos in ages. Uh, any more good from you? Uh, I had uh, Uzair Kassien dancing out his farewell for the Scarlets. You know, what a weird, Indeed. weird little nice twisty farewell there. It was great. It it was, yeah, quite a few people uh, on the old uh, social medias were saying, you know, James uh, Mackay Mount says, shit is so many players leaving clubs without getting proper send-offs, but good was... Uzi Kassem and his wife dancing on the pitch. I love weird shit like that. <laughs> and it is definitely just just really Very weird. weird. Just such a weird... <laughs> like, How does that conversation even come about? How does that... What do you want to do for your farewell? Exactly. Do you want like a, a clubhouse drinks? Do you want to go for a Nando's? Like other chicken shops are available? I thought I'd, have a, I thought I'd do a sort of dramatic dance routine <laughs> to... Uh, in Parker Scarlet's as the sun's going down if that's all yeah that's all the same okay, to you yeah, yeah sure. great cool uh, let's make that happen I'll bring my wife as well okay yeah, yeah cool I mean it's very weird it's more interesting than most yeah let's be honest so, made a statement not going to forget about it no absolutely not um, other goods coming in from the uh, the Facebook group and elsewhere uh, Dennis Suter says good uh, seeing Alex Cuthbert on the score sh- sheet this weekend even if it was against Newcastle Falcons hard agree uh, also good was scoring myself against Worcester brackets not Warriors good for you Dennis good for you which Worcester was it then if it wasn't the Warriors <laughs> surely there's I mean you, you've, you've given us a, a kernel of information there why we needed you to uh to expand. Also on the good side, Dan Shear says, good is Ellis Genge, try-scoring machine. Uh, also good is Mike Blair using the Scotland Summer Games to blood new talent and bringing Matt Scott back into the fold. Yeah. Very good. Hard agree. Good shout, actually, Matt Scott. A, a constantly underrated player, in my opinion. And yet, whenever he plays Scotland, he always seems to play quite well. But then he never seems to, he gets injured or something happens and he's out of the squad again. And yeah, it'd be nice to see him, especially given the sort of the competition now in the centres for Scotland. Yeah, it's, it's come out of it's nowhere, so really, huge. hasn't it? It's like it's, it went, it went yeah. from like, oh, they're a bit struggling there to holy shit, we've got options coming out yeah, of our ears. They've they've only got Route One Boschers, yeah. and now it's like, oh, they've got loads of you know interesting, varied, different players now. Yeah, it's, which, uh, which it's seems to, actually like, it's a bit of a di- divergence, but I mean, this is what we do on this podcast, isn't it? Diverge mm-hmm. is um, it probably absolutely really suits. Um, it allows Gregor to flex his tactical nuance a bit more, doesn't it? Because absolutely, yeah, he yeah. obviously being um, it with his background and where he's gone to the Lions as attack coach, he's clearly like he wants to flex those tactical muscles, and now he's got some options behind him. It's clearly paying some serious dividends that he can mix up his team's play style on the fly. Makes them so hard yeah, to definitely. so much harder to, to sort of defend against. But there you go, two cents. Mm. Definitely. Uh, also good. Uh, Matt McKnight says good after nine weeks of rest and rehab. I'm back to proper workouts, playing such rugby with friends, and watching rugby with my cat Ozzy. Oh, well, that's that lovely. Is delightful. That is How delightful. Wholesome. Congratulations to you, Matt. That's incredibly wholesome, isn't it? 
Um, Phil Jones says, good, we finally got top 14 coverage in the UK for the next two seasons. And that is good. Uh, he says, oh, but shit, is, there's only a month left of this season and it's on Premier Sports. There, yeah. there it is. I mean, it, it, just, it does feel like they're sort of padding, t- trying to sort of pad their offering to sort of keep rugby people subscribing next season, mm. isn't it? But yeah, I'd still, let them try. Mm. Let them try. If they if, if try, it falls away, indeed. it falls away. Go go somewhere else. But there you go. We can try. Indeed. Uh, uh, another Phil says, uh, "Good is Luke Price uh, leaving the Ospreys." <laughs> <laughs> but I completely agree. Um, shit is Luke Price leaving the Ospreys because not sure who we're going to blame next season when things go wrong and he's someone else's problem. Whoa. I mean, yes, he he is a an extremely handy scapegoat for everything bad. Slip right that now. knife in and then twisted um, it. And then with that, yeah, I mean that's brutal, but it's true. Um, bless him. Clearly a nice lad. Yeah. Loves a bit of sheep farming. Um, but clearly not cut out at this level to play fly off and good luck to him on whatever he does Absolutely. next you know um finally on the good side uh from the uh the listeners then uh good andy payne says i've just bought myself a reciprocating saw to aid the dis- dismantling of an old shed only had it for 20 minutes it's dangerous super quick and enormous fun i love me a power tool <laughs> i'll level with you andy if the usual bloke was here tonight. You probably get a lot more of a response. Yeah, sorry. Than you are now. Um, I don't know what a reciprocating saw is. I'll level with you. Um, I mean, I assume I assume it reciprocates something to you. I hope it doesn't. I was going to say not too much because yeah, otherwise you might lose yeah. lose digits. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just googled it. It's one of those like little saws that like looks like a sort of gun, but it's got a little thin. Oh, saw and it just goes end. back I mean, and forth for like, you. Uh, ah, I got you. Okay. Like cutting yeah, out, I can cutting out like freeform shapes in plasterboard and stuff. Exactly I that, you. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I love with you. I quite fancy. Yeah, just just for, just for, for taking the edge off something. I mean, who doesn't? Who? Yeah, just just for you know getting some frustration at the end of a long day, you know. But uh, yeah, so congratulations, Andy. Congratulations to your saw. I'm sorry that you didn't get the full. Uh, you know, Lee was probably asking you if it was a Makita or something. I don't know. I'm just I'm channeling you. Yeah, doing a great job. I mean. I think so. Yeah. Uh, any more good from you, Phil? Um, no. The only one I had was um, uh, we've already mentioned it was, was Shauna Brown's comments after the Premier Pre- uh, the yeah. Premier Teams final. Awesome. Oh. Inspiring oh, stuff. Indeed. Uh, should we round this whole thing off? With some we should. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, shit for me is uh, Tim Sampson, the Western Force head coach, um, is so annoyed at how defensively shit. Uh, his team have been in the uh, Super Rugby Trans Townsman so far. Uh, he's initiated what they apparently call black level contact, Ooh. which sounds like both a sex thing and a spice. <laughs> but um, it's actually, it turns out, what happens when they train at full live game level intensity, which, I mean... What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Player welfare. What could go wrong? Um, I mean, listen to this from prop uh, Tom Robertson from The Force. Black means unlimited, so as hard as you can go. It's basically doing another game. It's pretty tough. Everyone's whacking each other. There's no love lost, and a couple of guys have to come off the pitch. Oh, brilliant. Sorry, sorry what so, was that like, first thing he said there? In the pu- black means unlimited. Right, okay. What? Is that, it sounds like, yeah. it sounds, sounds like a slogan <laughs> for an aftershave. Absolutely, it does. Um so yeah, three quarters of the way through a season and you think it's a good idea for your team to smash shit out of each other midweek uh, to improve the defence. I'm sure all the sports scientists will agree that 
making players effectively play another game midweek is going to help with their energy so levels. Two things are probably defense. going to happen there. Either they're going to have a, a serious amount of business decisions going on by the teams in those midweek training sessions, or he's going to start injuring his own players and then going to have to report back to the club why half his squad's knack, um, broken seven-eighths of the way through the season. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 something right out of the 1980s. Yeah, it is. And... <laughs> Wow, it's still happening in top level rugby. It just doesn't need to be done anymore. Um, there's other ways to there's other no. ways to harden players. Stick them in a freezer as Gavin really show. Just like yeah, indeed. Gonna... Make them cold. Don't get them yeah. hot. Fucking hell. Uh, also, shit from me was the Newcastle insurance job. Yeah. Um, Exeter don't need much encouragement to feast on lower level clubs at Sandy Park. Let's face it, but do you know, like effectively sending down a third fifteen all the way from Newcastle to Exeter. I mean, tell me again how competitive the Premiership is supposed All right. to be. Oh, right. Best, best league in the world, from... right? Yeah, Jesus. So I mean, it was really bad. It and, was. yeah, just yeah. awful. Any shits from you, Phil? Uh, I got a couple, yeah. Um, t- tacking on to that one about um, the, the prison shaming by um, Exeter was the obviously the uh, standard wank fest that went on around uh, Sam Simmons when he scored his try. Obviously, another one just bundled over from about three feet out. But of course, it's all to do with his tactical brilliance and all round awesomeness as a human being that he managed to be there and put the ball over. Um, not that I got really strong feelings. That, like, no, not at all. Um, it's really interesting how many of his, you know, nobody's talking. Like everyone's talking about how brilliant he is, and nobody's talking about the fact that he is. You know he's a very good player, but you know there's a reason that less that extra number eights always score fucking shitloads yeah. of tries. Like all of his tries are from close mm-hmm. range, and it's not that there's not all from set pieces. Like it's not that there's not great skill in that in having the ability to sort of squeeze over the line when you know the the defense is lined up and ready to go for you. But like, like. How much, uh, how much cred? Like I get what you're saying. The stats, it's, it's, are, the stats are almost the stats are inflated by Exeter. Yeah, system. exactly. If Sam Simmons was playing for a team that wasn't Exeter, he'd still be a very good number yeah. eight. It wouldn't have ridiculous try scoring numbers. No, it would be like but when um, it would yeah, be like people when... would not people would hype him less, but he'd yeah. probably get to do more. Probably, yeah, ironically. ironically. To, to, to go on a real left-field reference here, because, I mean, again, this is what Blood and Mud is all about. It's, it's like, it's almost I like mean, when yeah. um, uh, when Torres went to Chelsea. Like, he was a yeah. great, great player, but the system didn't work for him, so he didn't get the goals and didn't get the touches, and everyone thought he was shit. It's the reverse of that effect here. I absolutely agree. He's, he's a very, very talented rugby player, but the system works for him. And there seems to be this weird sort of flagellating blind spot around how he's doing it or, or how he's able to do it. No one really wants to look at the fact that they score all their tries from five metres out and it's almost always the number eight. So of course he's going to be top try scorer. He's not some sort of messiah of rugby because of it. It's just because of the way they're set up to play. Yeah, it's and it's the hype, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's the hype that he generates as a result of these try scoring exploits when really you know the hype should be about what a good player he is elsewhere in the yeah. game but people just focus on his try scoring record which does him a disservice yeah. you know yeah um other shit from um well i had one one shit which was obviously um henry slade's approach to public health information um <laughs> i've got a shit here from yeah. uh 
Phil Coppel, who has highlighted an article um, touting Marcus Smith to be on the Lions tour. Um, should the, should a ge- should a geography six situation rear its head again? Um, which, let's face it, with COVID, especially in, with like in these days, it very much could happen that the the, 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 the thirty eight that we saw named or however many thirty seven that are named won't actually yeah. all make it to South Africa. I get that; that's fair enough. Um, but he says. Um, firstly, does it seem like a Gatland move to put a young, inexperienced player at 10 against <laughs> South fucking Africa? So I want to make sure I'm quoting correctly here. And secondly, why the fuck would anyone do that anyway? <laughs> I mean, yes. I'll tell you what, though. It's remarkable how seamlessly certain people have pivoted from touting certain fringe premiership players as being nailed on for the Lions' original squad, they've now just, without any sort of, even without even missing stride, they've instantly sort of pivoted this to how these players are going to be the first players called up on the standby. Oh, because so, that proves them right. Like, da- like Danny, like Danny Kerr is, is is absolutely going to be the first call if a number nine goes down. You of course think? he is. Yeah, of course really? he is. Ahead of Thomas yeah. Williams, ahead of you know. <sighs> Anyway, Lloyd Williams. It's, it's just, it's just remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it's just remarkable. I mean, he's got more international experience this season than Danny. Yes, I know we joke, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, just the sort of the the goal it's of because it. Because they have to be like, yeah, we were totally wrong, but we're going to end up being right in the end. We're just going to keep keep hammering this, this stuff. until yeah. it doesn't happen, and then someone will come along and point it out to them afterwards on social media, and they'll just get blocked, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the event. The thing is that most of these people are, you know. Let's be honest. Employed by BT Sport, yeah. and therefore, when the lines is actually on, they're not going to be appearing in the media in any way, shape, or nope. form. So they'll just get to sort of be quite quiet about it. And yeah, speaking of BT Sport, actually, uh, shit from Ian Gareth. Uh, he says BT Sports being one hundred percent predictable and giving man of the match uh, in the Exeter game on Saturday to Henry Slade. Uh, yes, that was very predictable. However, he says, good, I put 20 quid on Henry Slade getting Aww. awarded man of the match before the teams were announced on Friday, uh, guessing what the BT Sport pre-written narrative would be and got six to fucking one. That Boom. is inspired. Fair play. You're, you're playing their addiction to the hashtag narrative for your own That's, ends. That's so brilliant. well played. Fair play. Well done. Oh, God, I really wish I'd fucking put a tenner on Billy Vunapola being the man of the match oh yeah that would have been one he came back after his homophobia that's probably where he got the idea to be honest I mean it probably (laughs) is yeah but next time an England player does something to disgrace himself lump on him being man of the match (laughs) fucking lump on (laughs) because BT will definitely gobble it up (laughs) Uh, Gordon White says uh, shit despite finishing second knowing that Saracens will inevitably win the playoff yes uh, and he said, "Also, shit is Newcastle Falcons being your English team." Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, friend of the pod, Patricia Vieira says, "Shit is the captain's challenge," uh, and she's a Munster fan. Um, she said, "Well, I'm obviously not upset that Munster got the game-winning decision. That call was dubious at best, and it was a shit and anticlimactic way to end a fun game." And it was a fun. Let's think, it was a fun game. The leads changed hands like in the last ten minutes, and. Cardiff looked like they'd fucked it up and then they got another chance and it was quite exciting in a sort of slapdash ramshackle way and then it ended with a TMO check, you know? Yeah. That's not what any of us want, is it? It's climactic. 
Indeed. Any more shit from you? Phil? Oh, I just had one more, which was uh, Paolo Adogwu doing his ACL. That's yeah, super shit. fucking shit luck for him. Really isn't crap. It? Fair play. Um, I, I like, like obviously, I think I've got opinions on his inclusion in the England squad and then not being used whatsoever. Um, when I think he's actually mm. got a fair bit of promise. Um, take and then obviously having potential eligibility to play for Italy as well. I think that was all a little bit underhand on their part. But there we go. That's just done and dusted now. It is what it is. But he is a promising player, and that's a real shame to see that happen. Yeah, and such an exciting player to watch mm-hmm. as well. You know, he's and Wasp had such shit luck with injuries this yeah, season. And you know, Jack Jack Willis obviously doing it and Alfie Barbary fucking getting bad you know, bad injury on the fringe of England as well. Yeah. They just Joe Launchbury getting injured. it's like it's just it's been relentless with Wasps this season. Yeah, and yeah, you really feel for the club and yeah, for the dog as well. Gutting. Yeah, that was it for me. Um, yeah, uh, finally then, shit, I think, uh, is likely to be this weekend's slate of games. Like, Particularly in the Premiership, right? Yeah. Like, the top, four team, the top four teams are set for the playoffs. There's no relegation. There's some minor intrigue around Champions Cup qualification, but honestly... Next week, we might have to have a War Animal special <laughs> because there's going to be very little for Oh, I could look on for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you back. We'll get everyone back because yeah, we'll need to fill time. Yeah, everyone, everyone come and bring a War Animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bring your bring own, your own War Animal. They're going to do a PowerPoint presentation. I'll tell you what, if we have to have a COVID shutdown again, that's going to be right at the top Absolutely. of the slate. Bring your own War Animal week. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think that is us about this week uh sorry it's a bit late everyone uh as explained there were some steamroller related issues um but thank you very much phil for stepping into the breach thank you very much for having and, me it's been a pleasure being your own just your own steamroller of chat <laughs> um and yeah uh we'll be back again with a normal pod uh next week uh probably on monday but you know maybe on wednesday again I don't know. Let's, I like to. I like to keep you keep guessing. Toes. But uh, indeed, thank you all for listening, Phil. Thank you for uh, putting up with me for the last couple it's been of my hours. Pleasure. And, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. You can come Cheers. back. Um, and yeah, we shall see you all again next week. Take care, everybody. So. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening. The COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.